Welcome to the podcast channel of the East Bay Unity Intergroup of Overeaters Anonymous. The opinions expressed here are those of individual members and do not represent OA as a whole. For more information about our intergroup, please visit our website at eastbayoa.org. Hello, everybody. My name is Scott, and I am a compulsive overeater. Let me get my OA Zoom meeting spiel out of the way real quick. I'm not the biggest fan of OA Zoom meetings. I'm not convinced that OA Zoom meetings are fully anonymous. This is problematic when one of our nine tools of recovery is anonymity, when one of our 12 traditions, Tradition 11, is about anonymity, and when the second word in our fellowship's name is anonymous. One of the many things I've learned here in OA is to value my privacy. And the fact of the matter is, when I attend an in-person OA meeting, I kind of know who's there. And on the other hand, when I participate in an online Zoom meeting, I kind of don't know who's there. Tradition 3 states that the only requirement for OA membership is a desire to stop eating compulsively. And I would really hate it if I participated in an OA Zoom meeting and shared something personal and someone who didn't belong there misused my personal information. Uh, I've spoken at about 20 OA meetings during the Zoom meeting era, and all but one time have I used the telephone option. One time out of 20, I've used the uh, video option, and that was a straight-up people-pleasing move. And I'm sure most of you know or can at least appreciate that people-pleasing is a form of dishonesty. But with all that said, I'm grateful to be here. I am using the telephone option. And I'm only one individual OA member. I don't speak for OA as a whole. I would encourage you to treat my share as you would a buffet table and take what you want and leave the rest. What I was like would happen what I'm like now. What I was like was I was a big fat mess. I rolled into my first meeting of OA at age 28, clocking in at 315 pounds, 315. Now back in early 2001, That was kind of big. I'm not so sure now in 2022, but trust me, back then, I was carrying around a lot of extra weight. So by the time I was 28, I was morbidly obese. But morbid obesity wasn't the only consequence I suffered from a diet high in man-made junk foods and man-made junk beverages. In addition to the morbid obesity, I was also suicidally depressed. I had crippling anxiety. I had OCD. I had gout. I had seasonal allergies. I had Tourette syndrome. I had a learning disability. I had insomnia. I had sleep apnea. I always seemed to have some kind of stomach or back issue going on. I regularly had stomach aches, heartburn. I was rarely ever regular. I was always either constipated or I had diarrhea. I had a lot of lower back pain. I had a lot of sciatica. That's where the pain shoots down your leg and causes numbness. And it was really strange. I would always get, like, every month I'd get, like, 20 nosebleeds, right? So my triglyceride levels were high. My overall cholesterol was high. My blood pressure was high. So you can see I was a really unhealthy individual. When I came to my first meeting of Overeaters Anonymous at age 28... I was still living at home with my parents. In fact, I never had my own place. I didn't have a college degree. I didn't have a driver's license. I had never gone on a date. I never kissed anyone. I was a 28-year-old virgin. I had never been in a romantic relationship. I never experienced a significant death. And I had about $25,000 in debt, most of which was credit card debt. 
because I needed a way to support my junk food and junk beverage habits. But wait, there's more. By the time I was, I guess, 27, so about a year before my first OA meeting, I was deemed legally disabled, which began a different type of an, of an addiction, an addiction to government benefits. In a nutshell, the best way that I can describe to you what I was like is as follows. My diet was a lot like my higher power. It was deficient in Mother Nature. What happened was, in early 2001, I was so sick that I had to temporarily live in a halfway house. Now, one of the agreements to living in this halfway house was I needed to do some kind of outside activity for a minimum of 12 hours per week. So I signed up for this intensive outpatient program. So every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday, I took a bus to and from this outpatient facility and I would participate in group therapy, four hours Mondays, four hours Wednesdays, four hours on Fridays. Now, while there, I developed a crush on a woman who was there for the same reasons as me. Now, through a mutual attendee of this IOP program, she and I became friends. One day, she randomly invited me to an OA meeting, and I said yes to her invite. But I didn't say yes to her invite because I was suicidally depressed. I didn't say yes to her invite because I was morbidly obese. And I didn't say yes to her invite because I was eating out of my garbage can almost nightly. I said yes to her invite because I just wanted to hang out with her. So we planned for this Friday evening meeting in San Francisco at St. Luke's Hospital. This was a smaller Friday evening meeting. It was held in this long, narrow conference room. This is the meeting, by the way, that's no longer there. It's long since gone. Um, before we can get to that meeting together, she and I had a falling out, and we mutually decided probably not a good idea to attend that meeting together. But that Friday night rolled around, and as usual, I had nothing better to do. And something in me said, just check it out. It can't hurt. So I checked it out. And over 21 years later, it hasn't hurt. By the way, before that invite, this woman rarely ever attended OA meetings. Since that invite, to the best of my knowledge, this woman has hardly ever attended OA meetings. So I just got lucky, I guess. But what I'm like now is a lot different than what I was like. Remember about seven, eight minutes ago when I described all those health conditions? Well, thanks to a plan of eating and a number of sponsors and other fellows who have been generous enough to share their experience, strength, and hope with me, um, one by one, those conditions um, healed on their own, without doctors, nurses, therapists, surgeons, exercise, or medication. What I'm like today is I am free of all those medical conditions. There is no more suicidal depression. There's no more depression, period. There is no more crippling anxiety. There's no more anxiety, period. There is no more 20 nosebleeds per month. There are no more nosebleeds, period. My triglycerides are normal. My cholesterol is normal. My blood pressure is normal. There is no more Tourette syndrome. No more seasonal allergies. There's no more sciatica. There's no more um, learning disability. There's no more insomnia. There's no more sleep apnea. I'm regular. I rarely ever get stomach aches. You know, I've gotten food poisoning once or twice in the last 
12 years, but that happens. The other thing is I've lived on my own for quite some time. I've had a number of apartments. Oh, by the way, I've lost a significant amount of weight and kept it off. I've gotten two driver's licenses. I've gotten three college degrees. I've gone on dates. I've kissed. I lost my virginity. I've been in romantic relationships. I've gone through breakups. And I've also experienced significant deaths. And I am slowly approaching either eight or nine years of no credit card debt. But wait, there's more. Over the years, I began to voluntarily surrender my government benefits. And approximately four years ago, I surrendered voluntarily my final government benefit, subsidized housing in San Francisco. Um, I'm not trying to pat myself on the back here, but I don't know anyone who has voluntarily surrendered subsidized housing in San Francisco. But here is my thinking on that. If I wanted to be fully self-supporting, declining outside contributions, I needed to be fully self-supporting, declining outside contributions. Anyway, um, it has been a very interesting last few years. As you know, a lot has gone on in the world, a lot of outside issues that have no place in an OA meeting. But um, my last few years have been absolutely wonderful. Um, A few years ago, when things shut down, I decided to kind of take advantage of the situation. I went out and was able to make some money and observe some things that were very interesting which I'm not going to talk about here or after the meeting. The other thing that's happened in the last few years is I got the greatest job I've ever had in my life. It's the perfect job for someone with my kind of brain. It's a good combination of counseling, mathematics, and being organized. And uh, I'm doing incredibly well. Management's kind of blown away at how well I've been doing. I've already gotten one promotion. I'm probably getting another one in a couple of months. The last time I spoke at this meeting was about 15 months ago, and uh, at that time, Mrs. Wright and I had just purchased a house, and I was talking about um, a part of the move from our old place in in the Bay Area to our new place. So we, we did buy this great big house that we're fully moved into as of May 1st of last year. It's uh, a house in a small unincorporated area called Alta Sierra which is right next to Grass Valley, which is about an hour northeast of Sacramento. And uh, we have a house that sits on nearly three-quarters of an acre of land. Um, We have a four-car garage, four bedrooms, three bathrooms. We have three gardens. We have a lot of trees, a lot of squirrels, a lot of deer, and a a lot of peace and quiet. I feel like I'm home. And then the other thing that happened in the last few years is... I got married. Can you believe that I'm married? I can, and that in itself is a big part of my recovery. The fact that I can believe that I'm married and have no questions or doubts about it. I mean, my thing is, it seemed like the next logical step in my recovery process. Like, why not? Right? So, um, in my last few minutes here, I'm going to just kind of wrap things up. Um, You know, there are 12 steps in OA. Five of our 12 steps are solely about gaining self-knowledge. Steps 1, 2, 4, 6, and 8 are solely about gaining self-knowledge. And then there are six steps, 3, 5, 7, 9, 11, and 12, that are all about taking actions to hopefully improve my life. 
And then there's one step, step 10, that's about both A, gaining self-knowledge, and B, taking actions to hopefully improve my life. So um, Mrs. Wright and I got married about two and a half months ago. It was a wonderful ceremony. And um, it was strange because for about the five or six week period following our wedding, I felt kind of sad. And I, you know, I just kind of chalked it up to I'm just tired. It was an exhausting weekend. Even though we had help with the planning, the, the planning was exhausting. We had people, you know, come here from two different countries. We had people come up from the Bay Area, including some OA fellows. And it was just really exhausting. But something didn't seem quite right. It seemed like something more was going on. So I did some 10th step work around it. And I began to share my findings at my home meeting on Tuesday nights. And, um, you know, I, I, I remembered that every time I accomplished something new, I feel a little sadness afterwards. I get a new car, I feel sad. I get a college degree, I feel sad. I get married, I feel super sad. Um, the fact of the matter is I've been kind of fantasizing about marriage since I was 12 years old. I'm now 50. And um, every time I accomplish something new, it's kind of like I'm shutting the door on the past. I'm shutting the door on all those negative voices from my upbringing. While I would never dare forget my past, I don't really have any use for those voices or um, those beliefs anymore either. So um, once I realized this, guess what happened? The sadness went away and it hasn't come back. Anyway, um, I think that's all I have for today. I appreciate the invite. I hope, I hope that that was helpful. And um, I look forward to hearing you all share tonight. Thank you.